Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Martina Abrahams, and this is You Had Me at Black. Now, before we get into this week's story, I wanted to ask those of you who tune in every week a really important question. Um, so you might already know that we like to do live recordings of the podcast, and so far we've only done them in Oakland, California. And this summer, we want to come to the East Coast for the very first time. And we're having a really hard time deciding which city to come to first. So I wanted to run a poll for our listeners and have you guys help us decide where we should bring our very first East Coast show. So the two cities that we're deciding between are Baltimore and D.C. And, you know, D.C. has a very, very special place in my heart. I went to school there a lot of friends there, but I keep hearing really, really dope things about Baltimore. So I want to know, should we come to D.C.? Should we come to Baltimore? Which city is going to show up and show out the most and and really come out and vibe with us? So um, you can, if you want to vote, you can email us at talktous at youhideme@black.com, or you can shoot us a message on Twitter or tweet us directly at youhideme@black. And if you vote and we choose your city, you might just win free tickets to the show. So again, the question is, should we go to D.C. or should we hit up Baltimore for our very first live East Coast show? Alrighty, let's get to this week's story. So this week we hear from Kaven. Now he's one of those people that tends to take on other people's issues and make them his own. And he didn't realize how much that was affecting his well-being until something tragic happened to a friend in college. Here's what happened. I want you to breathe all this in. This is You Had Me at Black, the podcast where black millennials tell true life stories. Okay, so my story starts with my family moving here to Georgia. It was just the three of us now. You know, my dad's not in the household. That's kind of when I started taking on this whole persona of, like, the problem solver. I have these cousins that moved down. They newlyweds, so, you know, they got a baby on the way. They have a daughter from a previous relationship. But the mother was a victim of domestic violence. And, you know, my house was already crazy as it was, so they just added to the fun. So, basically, they're, they're in our basement. They are trying to establish themselves in Georgia, and they start fighting a lot. And I didn't know what to do, like, at all. But, like, I'm on the third floor, and I can hear them fighting from the basement. So I'm like, oh, this is dead. We got to do something about this. You know, the mediator, dun dun dun, dun comes in to save the day. So I go downstairs, and I'm like, Mike, Nicole what is going on? Like, I'll put them in their respective corners. Like, you know, this is a wrestling match. You know, I had to give them a little prep talk, like, what are you guys doing? This is unacceptable. You guys have a daughter on the way. You have a daughter here. Like, I can't have this in my home, first of all. I can't even sleep. You know, I got to get my beauty rest. And basically, I start talking to them like it's it's a daily thing, like clockwork. I come home from school. They're fighting. So I got to go downstairs. I put them in the corners and I, I talk through their issues. And it gets to the point, like... One day I crack, like tears are coming out my eyes because I feel so passionately about them. But they don't get it. It's like the Haitian hard-headedness just doesn't allow my words to seep in. But like it becomes a strain on me. Like I definitely didn't 
enjoy being home anymore to the point where I got so involved at school that I would be there from, you know, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. just so I could like be in a place where I felt like I didn't have as much stress. And I stormed out. Like I just walked out of my house and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Walked up my neighborhood. I just need to breathe. And I told myself, this is the end. Like, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. It was at that point when I just let it all go. Or so I thought. Fast forward to my college career. I choose to go in Atlanta, Morehouse College to be exact. You know, not too far from home where I can't go home and get my food, get my laundry done, but far enough that they can't just show up on me like, surprise. So I'm doing my thing in Atlanta, you know, getting my education, but I'm as active as can be, you know, joining all these organizations here and there, you know, just consuming my time with things to do, you know, whether somebody asks me to help out, I say yes. But the priest at the student center, I work close with him. We had a way of going, Mr. Borgella, don't you think you, you, you wear too many hats in the building? And I go, whatever do you mean, Monsignor? And he goes, you know, you, you, you're you involved in the music ministry and you're a ministry assistant and you, you, you say yes whenever anybody asks you to do something. And I'm just like, well, you know, ain't that the Christian thing to do? And he was just like, well, that may be so, but, you know, you still have to find time to you know, manage yourself. You can't, you can't do it all. And I'm just like, well, I got a big head, so I got room for many hats. And that actually happened in the midst of me dating a young lady, Dominique. So me and Dominique uh, dating, she's a reserved type of girl. Doesn't always have that much to say, but I like the challenge. I was like, I could crack this egg. So, you know, things start unfolding and um, I become invested, but like, I'm still not hundred percent sure about whether this whole situation is going to work. But then one night I get a call from her and her friends and they were like, Kaven, we need you to come here immediately. Dominique just got sexual assaulted on campus. And I'm like, huh? She, she got what? They're breaking it down to me and anger automatically surges through my body. Like I was shook, but I had to put down the bottom total pole because I needed to make sure she was okay. You look at her and she just looks empty. No expression on her face, nothing's happening in her head. She's just there. From then on, like, we're talking like clockwork. We're on the phone. I'm just like, Dominique, we need to do something. Like, I really think that you need, you should see a counselor. And she's just like, I mean, I want to, but I, mean, I don't want to go by myself. Like, I just can't do it. Like, I, it seems like too much. And I'm like, well, I could go with you. But the issue was that I wasn't a student at her college, so I really couldn't go to the counselor with her. I didn't have ideas, all this complicated stuff. So then I was like, okay, if I find a way to, you know, maybe convince the counselors at my school to see you, like if I could bring you with me, would you would you go? She was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, cool, not a problem. But like focusing so much on that, you know, did become a toll on everything else I'm doing because I'm in the Glee Club. I'm I'm involved in the student ministry. Like I have papers and tests and it's hard to juggle all those things and be able to give yourself 100% to all of them. So like my work started suffering. My time management became horrible because I always had her with me. So I decided, all right, cool. I'm gonna go to the counselor and we're gonna see um, what they say. So a couple of days later, I decided to go there. You know, I'm sitting in the office, you know, waiting for the receptionist to talk to me, trying not to look suspicious because, like, you know, 
you're in the counselor's office, people are gonna be like, oh, he's crazy. But you know, I walk up to the receptionist when she calls me up, I make the appointment. A week later, I'm back again waiting to see the counselor. So like I get there and I'm chilling. Literally, like, I know I have no issues. I'm just there to help a friend. I'm doing a noble deed. So like I'm not tense at all. I'm just ready to go see her, break it down. Counselor Dr. Susan. She calls me in and I'm walking, you know, nice looking lady. So we sit down. Um, she seems very, very warm. So it's easy to open up to her. And she goes, so, uh, Kaven, how, how are you doing? Uh, do I say I'm well? She's like, all right, so what are you here for? And I'm like, oh, this is easy. Basically, the girl I'm dating, she has recently gotten sexually assaulted on campus. And I'm trying to find a way to get through to her to, like, you know, help her work through the issues, find, like, tools that I can use to kind of talk to her and help her open up, as well as to see if I can bring her in and have a constant session with her because she's not willing to go by herself. So Dr. Susan, she understands, so she starts asking a few questions about the situation, our relationship, and things like that. But very subtly just swerves that whole point that I was making and starts, like, getting into me questions leading into like who I am and why I feel obligated to do things like this. What drew you to her and you know why did you feel like uh, you know you wanted to help out and I'm just like well you know I, I do care about her and we are dating so I feel like her issue is my issue that's just how how I am. Now mind you it was an hour long meeting so we didn't have that much time to talk about everything but we did schedule a follow-up appointment to kind of keep on working on the conversation. So three, four weeks go by. I'm seeing her on a weekly basis now. And like each session becomes more and more about me, but I don't even realize it until like the fourth session. I'm like, we're not even talking about Dominique anymore. This is all about me. And I'm just like, weird. Because of course I still want to help her, but I think my mentality had kind of switched to like what's going on with me because I'm spending so much time talking with Dr. Susan about it now. Granted, I'm still spending time with her, still trying to figure out how we're going to make us work in the midst of all this. But I was in Dr. Susan's office and we're talking. I told her about my mom and my sister, the divorce between my mom and dad, you know, the house situation and the vibes that we had with my cousin living there and all those things and how I was trying to be the problem solver. And she was like, Kaven? And I'm like, yes. She was like, did you ever think that you have too much of an obligation to people? And as a result, you allow yourself to take on their issues and totally neglect the things that are going on with you. I mean, it, it was true, but I didn't really like take that on as a serious thing. But in that intimate moment with Dr. Susan, it clicked with me that she had a valid point. I was giving my all to solve other people's problems. I was taking on their issues as my own. And as noble as it may have been, it was taking a toll on me. And I thought I had shaken this, you know, back when I told myself I was I was done with my mom and my cousin fixing their issues. Like, you know, I was going to do me while I was at college, but it had become a part of me to a certain degree. And it's just who I was. Like, I, I care for people so much that I was willing to take that sacrifice and put myself aside but it wasn't in a healthy way. So I had to make a decision. Like I, I had to do better for myself. 
And I think that's when I really started to distance myself from Dominique. Now, it wasn't like an instant, like, chop. Like, I couldn't just cut her off immediately. It just wasn't in my nature. But, like, I slowly but surely felt myself, like, backing up from the situation. So I I continued to see Dr. Susan even after that session because, like, she made me realize that although I felt normal and fine and I was cool, there's a lot of things that I kept buried inside that I wasn't really addressing. It highlighted to me the importance of, like, having a good mental health. Like, a lot of people do feel like, you know, we're just walking around, and even though we have a couple things going on, like, we're normal, we're cool, we're not, like, crazy, I'm not, you know, shooting anybody or, like, going out and, you know, losing my mind talking to myself in public, but I got some things that are inhibiting me from being the best version of myself. That's when I kind of like realized the importance of having somebody to open up with and self-introspection because you have to think about what you're doing and what's going on in your life in order for you to be more proactive in situations. Now, granted, I am a psych major. I should have been on that, but sometimes you got to experience things to really learn the lessons. And um, I'm still working on it, still making efforts to make sure that I don't take on another person's problems like when somebody asks me for help I kind of like direct them to try and find their own solution before I like just jump in and save them because you know I can't be Superman all the time you know my cape needs a break thanks for listening to you had me at black be sure to check out this episode's description for musical credits and if you like what you just heard head to youhadmeatblack.com slash b-side to subscribe to our newsletter and unlock access to exclusive videos, behind-the-scenes interviews, and specially curated music. That's youhadmeatblack.com slash b-side. Peace.